Hey everybody, and welcome to Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host, Sig, being joined by... Barry. Emma. Sarah. And today, we're going to be covering the Ernest P. Worrell Memorial, or Ernest Goes to PWG, which was the title on the video. I don't know what it was originally advertised, and whether they thought one was funnier than the other, but they referred to it as the memorial actually on the show. On the show, yeah. Which is very weird. got a lot of stick last time for not knowing (laughs) much about Ernest. That's right, that's right. So I thought, okay, maybe he died in 2005. What year are we in, 2005? Yes. Yeah. He died in the year 2000. Yeah. And, well, the actor who played him. And then I read that he was in Beverly Hillbillies, and that's what I would have known him from. I'm sorry, I didn't watch Ernest movies. Okay, yeah. yeah. He was Slinky the Dog in the Toy Story franchise. Was he? How was I to know that? I I wasn't telling you, I was telling our (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Most normal people have seen Toy Story. But then again, our listeners probably don't need to know because they clearly know who this man is. Yeah. And he didn't know who this man is. Um, I got a bollocking at home as well from James because he's Really? How did you not know? Ernest. I've been talking about Ernest for years. We should have watched Ernest Saves Christmas at Christmas time. <laughs> you didn't want to watch it. And I was like, because I don't know Ernest. I'm sorry. I I would probably not at the level of like household name, but I would have thought those were relatively famous movies. Uh, I definitely watched some growing up. They are very stupid movies for children. He's like a... He's kind of like a less charming Mr. Bean that might agitate the Americans listening to this, but but that is that is the vibe, I think. Yeah. I think Ernest Goes to PWG is actually a funnier name because it yeah, evokes more better. what you're actually actually yeah. going for. But uh, they called it the, P- the the memorial show on the show. Yeah, despite him being dead five years. <laughs> Maybe that's one of their quasi-humor bits, sort of like, oh, he's actually been dead ages. That has Excalibur written all over it, like such yeah. a specific, as such a specific person, dead for such an odd number of years to just throw it on there. Yeah, like I, I assume Excalibur names the shows. I don't think Super Dragon's sitting there racking his brain thinking of these. No, he, if it was up to him, this would be like PWG Show Twenty Two. <laughs> <laughs> No I, girls in my, in, allowed. <laughs> in my head, he would do the the other. There's like two ways to name indie shows, and he would he would be if he had his way, his company's shows would be called the Fight for the Champion Reign and Power Fight. His his shit would be called stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like all early Ring of Honor <laughs> names, shit like Fight for Respect, Death to My Enemies, too. You know respect that would be respect is earned. Sorry, I'm looking respect. at my DVDs now. <laughs> Yeah, what would be good? Like Fallout and Frankensons. Oh, I like that, though. That's good. No community in this centre. <laughs> but good. no, this one's called <laughs> the Ernest P. Worrell Memorial. So our show opens with the aforementioned Super Dragon and Excalibur. Oh, no, it's not Super Dragon. It's Disco, sorry. No, no, you're right. It's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's Excalibur yeah. and quote unquote Super Dragon. Oh, yes, sorry. It's Excalibur and Red Super Dragon. Red Super Dragon. Excalibur's talking about how Disco suspended him for a whole month. So one show. 
and says that Disco must choose between his powerful job or his brothers in SPS. Before Disco can come out to tell him, Red Dragon attacks Excalibur. But Disco does eventually come out and makes the save. Now, this is never mentioned again on the show that he was attacked by the Red Super Dragon. Even when Excalibur has a lengthy promo after the show. But also, Blue Super Dragon comes out. Now, camera work, not great. You can't be Mm. seen for like two seconds chasing Red Dragon into the back. Oh, I missed that. I didn't. I didn't see that at all. Okay. Only if you knew the color of his gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like you get a flash from it for, from the corner of one of the cameras. So yeah, he just like runs and you know does that little belly dive into the thing <laughs> right. and then rolls out again. You know that little belly thing. I know the exact. Like, when you say the words belly dive, I like. I know exactly <laughs> what she's talking about. You like you're going the- down a water slide the cool way. Yeah. It's like SummerSlam 94, where, do you remember, it was Undertaker against Undertaker, because Undertaker, like, disappeared at the Rumble. But you only knew which one was the real Undertaker, because fake Undertaker was wearing older gear than the new Undertaker, the actual Undertaker. So I think it's very reminiscent of that with Super Dragon versus Super Dragon. I think they're just stealing old bits they're probably the right age to have seen that as kids or like early teens and thought it was because it's one of those things where it's kind of like people can look back on that as a silly thing from 90s WWF. But whatever you grew up with was the greatest thing you ever saw in wrestling. So I wouldn't actually shock me if they were directly doing a, a, a thing comparing themselves to that. And I like the idea of it as well, because obviously Super Dragon's covered head to toe. So it's not as ridiculous. It's not like, oh, that's that's yeah. 9 wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Brian Adams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, well, that's obviously not mean and, Mark. And uh, Luke Gallows as fake Kane was also terrible. Yeah, with that oh, lovely that's... wig. Very yeah, the good, wig! Though. The wig! Oh, my <laughs> God. Good. Was he taller than Kane? Yes, he, he like yeah. was like about an inch mm. above, um, which was also, I mean, pretty close, I suppose. It's hard to get someone the exact same height. But um, I, I will say that I actually didn't twig on the color in this segment so i actually so i was like that's actually really great when he jumped him i was like i didn't see that coming because i didn't i didn't recall that that is the the evil fake dragon so it was quite well done um i also just imagine a very wacky sort of 90s sitcom type situation backstage where excalibur goes up to a super dragon and says we're gonna go out and have a chat here and he just like (laughs) nods without saying anything um and uh, you can do your thing where you put your hands in the air and clasp your hands together and just fake super dragon goes "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." yeah But it also seems like a very super dragon thing to do. So, like, he would easily turn on you. (laughs) So the people in the crowd, the fact they didn't explain it, you know, Excalibur and Disco get on the mic there, they don't really say, oh, that must be that fake guy. (laughs) Not once, not once. The crowd barely reacted. They're like, oh, here he goes. All right. (laughs) Dragon's on one again. But yeah, no, not once a commentary, yeah. not once in his promo afterwards do they do they mention this <laughs> red dragon or even try and guess who it is. Like this has happened so many times, there's no mystery to it in terms of like PWG. They're not pushing this at all. No. It maybe maybe they're trying to make it seem like a shoot, you know, like oh we do, we don't mention it because it's a real <laughs> thing. Exactly. It could be this anyone. Isn't meant to be happening. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I didn't think it could be anyone. 
Yes. We should have kept that going and yeah, yeah, seen the mystery unfold before our very eyes. Although I think I think part of the reason maybe they're not doing that on commentary is because if you were to sit down, like I know we put Zig on the spot last time, like who do you think it is? But like if you sit down and think about it for a couple minutes, like there's like four people it could believably be in terms of like you know someone who would fit into that suit and pass as the same person someone who is a pwg guy being pushed at a certain level do you know what i mean when you when you tick off the little guess who list of people it might be there's like three or four options it could believably be i suppose that would have been a great little game like an actual guess who with all the rosters face on it oh my god we that's our first piece of merch right there it'll take it'll probably cost thousands to produce but little guess who games are you um uh, racist (laughs) Are you racist? Okay, I've dropped. I've dropped no. I've dropped nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, do you like weed? Has that been established on the show? How are you over forty? Okay, we'll, we'll get cracking on that one. We talk about this Patreon all the time. Yeah, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start because we have to start our vanity promotion at least yes. for one show. That's all we want. That's the aim of this show and podcast is just to have that one one and done show uh, have hook versus hook and then leave that's my goal yeah now all the boys back we need to get disco back we need to get excalibur scrum cap and bring him back talwar definitely definitely talwar yeah super dragon's back maybe we'll book super dragon biff oh that'd be great scoop him on his own match yeah (laughs) so after Disco runs off the Red Dragon, <laughs> they the crowd begs for him to dance, which he obliges to dance first before he solves the problem with his friends. So he has a little dance, and they do eventually make up because Disco will always have Excalibur's back. Beautiful. They're then joined by Hook Bamberry and Top Gun Tower. Uh, who will band together to face the Ballards, Ronan and Charles Mercury, which is our first match. What did you make for this first match here? What did you make of the new sponsor on the ring mat? Uh, I, I didn't notice it till the third match. Did you know? Oh, it's gigantic. Oh, wow. It's a big, huge. Lo- it's, and it's really funny because it's called, like, is it insurance? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's FML. insurance. But it's FMLL. Yeah, and so it's so, like, I'm like, what Lucha taken, Libre company is sponsoring this show? No, they've show? taken FMLL's ring. They've borrowed it. It's the oh, Lucha Libre oh, Federation. Oh, I thought FMLL was the name of the insurance company. No. <laughs> it's the Federation, I can't speak Spanish. It's the Lucha Libre. Oh, okay. But, okay, I didn't, I didn't um, even I thought it was just a wacky sponsor yeah. they had. So they've obviously just borrowed the ring. Well, Golden Insurance is a sponsor, Barry. Right, but that's, I thought it was one one thing. I thought it was FMLL Golden Insurance. Was like, An very insurance weird run by Luchadors. Oh, that would be that'd great. Be so at the very start of the match, Excalibur reveals that uh, Charles Mercury has a problem with spending his money before he gets it. And he is, in fact, a credit card addict. That was one of those things that definitely felt like a bit from perhaps before they started recording or that they have amongst themselves because uh, straight away, straight away when the commentary started, they're like talking about Charles Mercury's credit issues. Like Excalibur is so good at this, at disguising a bit where I half the time I can't tell if he's just riffing or not. Right. So I'm going to complain about the booking again. 
Go on. Disco and Excalibur could have had a feud, but obviously they couldn't do it. One, because of commentary, and two, because they needed them for the opener. (laughs) So they put them back together to put in the opener. Now, it does lead to something after on, but it was just... It was just, it was very kind of forgotten. Like, this could have actually been something. Yes, it definitely really could have. And they've really missed a trick because just think of, like, the scathing promos that they could have put on each other. Or even just Excalibur cutting scathing promos and Disco just, like, dancing around. Like, oh, come on. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Stop messing around, Excalibur. And then you could have brought back in Taro to try and defuse the situation. Because you know that Super Dragon doesn't really care. And it just could have been a fun feud. And instead, Yeah. yeah, they're just thrown in the first match. Yeah, and like they even say it, they're like the commentary team are back together after <laughs> no time of ours. Because <laughs> they even settled it on commentary last show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you think? Do you think it would be funnier or way worse if they were to do like a really long, serious blood feud on the shows and then? do bits on commentary where they acted like they hate each other i feel like it would probably be terrible because there's there's tons of precedent of that in wrestling and it's always the most annoying thing in the world and it would be two hours of it two hours like oh god like uh lawler and heel michael cole from like 10 years ago oh my god absolutely unwatchable that was real that was like it's such an overused term but that was real turn off the tv level uh, uh stuff so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that they can get back together and just do their bits about the wrestlers whose matches they don't care about, including their own. Um, uh, uh, which is good. It's funny that all the all the inside bits and 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 things like that that X and and Disco do, and yet uh, nothing about the ring. I don't think they ever discussed the ring that they had to borrow from someone else. Uh, no, so, no, they don't care they about what's actually happening. Okay. It's their own bits. That's all right. they care about. They rarely reference what's actually going on in the ring in their jokes. Yeah. Neither do we, so, you know. That's true. Yeah. Relatable kings. <laughs> there is not much to talk about in this match, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I thought Excalibur was very good. Uh, I thought he was a lot of fun throwing himself around the place. And there's one point where he does like a punch drunk cell that's very good, very funny. Yeah, I, 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 I thought this was like a solid little opener, you know. Our boys, the Ballards, still there, um, not, not, uh, not offering much. Although I did, wasn't there at one point? It was one of the Ballards got both his feet and hands bitten by the, the babyface <laughs> yeah. team. That was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> the Ballards like... are fantastic. Okay, Sarah. <laughs> I, I did yeah. enjoy when they tried to do twin magic and uh, Scott pointed out they have different numbers on the back of their shirt <laughs> yes. Yes. you're such a hoot they I liked the arm drag I liked the arm drag sequence that they had and then they just started rolling around it was it was one of them in Top Gun and you just hear Excalibur being like they're just rolling around doing circus shit and I'm like I <laughs> That's what I want in my wrestling circus shit. Very. No, I could say this. I definitely prefer this version of the ballads than any other. Oh, you don't want serious ballads. Serious ballads are the worst tag team, but just ballads and openers doing nothing really of note. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Well, good. I'm, I'm okay with that. I enjoy the chick magnet ballads. I'd like them to come back as well. Please no. 
Please. Oh, that was so uncomfortable. It was their cousin. The, the kind of like uh, ironic, like heavenly bodies uh, uh, routine. Because this actually, I put this in my notes here. When, when the graphic came up, right, and they had like the, the pictures of all the lads in this match. How, I, I'm really not trying to be hard. How old did the Ballards look? This was like, like, like yeah. I don't know how old they actually are, but and this is a staple of indie wrestling is slapping all kinds of horrible filters and using the worst pictures of people imaginable. But like, it was like they handpicked these pictures where they looked like in their forties. And the fact that most of the people doing this work as graphic designers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is their actual real job. Oh dear! But it just shows the times because that, like, it was you know rampant everywhere. These terrible promo pics. So yeah, Sign even the like there's some really legendary ones from like TNA in this era as well, and they had like money. <laughs> it always looks had... like the, the photo was taken from such a low angle. Like, why is the photographer on their knees taking a picture of <laughs> the wrestler in this kind of crouched fighting stance? <laughs> Oh god, the PWG photographer working part time as the uh, Wikipedia picture taker. Um, <laughs> we should all get our own promo pictures taken, like bad ones. Do you know what I mean? We should get them just to have. I just think it'd be really funny. Like yeah, have our faces would... look incredibly red and just <laughs> really bad lighting. I want one. Who was the Who was the one that was sunburnt? PJ Whitmer, wasn't it? PJ yeah. Whitmer, that was it. <laughs> right there. The- holidayed on the face of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's dear. Um, Excalibur also had a great use of the word amscray, which is a fantastic word. Great when word. a woman had to get out of the way out of, the, of a dive. And he goes, oh, that woman really amscrayed out of there. Like, oh, brilliant. He is very verbose, our Excalibur. Yeah. I love his words. As the match winds down, Top Gun Tower betrays Disco Machine, which allows Shannon Ballard to hit the whirling dervish to give his team the win. Hook, Bombery, and, Ta- and Talwar then attack Disco and Excalibur and cut a nasty promo. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun Talwar. He stole the belts. Not only did he steal the belts, he melted them down and injected them into his ass. <laughs> so he is now the belts. What a heinous act. And what a thrilling conclusion to the, the belt saga. Now we know. Now we know. We, we Like fools, we wasted months on this podcast going, what happened to those? Oh, this, is, oh, this guy had him. Oh, this message board. No. There we go. Right there on the next show. So. I can't believe you got worked, Emma. <laughs> I know, but look, that's that's the beauty of this business, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to feel like a kid again. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I don't think this is over. I think the belts are gonna come back time and time again. <laughs> What, they're gonna extract them from his ass. They're gonna they're gonna melt yeah. Top Gun down and 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 pour him into like a belt mold. Well, the good thing is he'll taste like Chipotle. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. So yeah, his reasoning for this was that they weren't in the original tag tournament two years ago. <laughs> yeah, this Slow is burn. some Christian getting eliminated from the battle royal shit. <laughs> yeah. Tony Khan, a student of early PWG, that's where he gets his ideas. 
Um, so yeah, that's setting up a feud down the road, I guess, between Hook, Talwar, and uh, the reunited Disco and Excalibur. Interesting enough direction, I suppose, for, for those four. So that leads us into another debut as Chris Saban takes on PWG's gatekeeper, Ricky Reyes, or PWG's Tito Santana. They're leading into the gatekeeper stuff on commentary, which I think is good because I think it's a perfect role for for Reyes because uh, he's like three and oh, well, not not win wise, but three and oh in terms of like really solid like gatekeepy type matches for 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 debuting guys. Yeah, I think I think is this the third one then? Is it? Uh, so he had Roddy, and I feel like there's another one I'm forgetting. Um, the Stradlin one, even though it wasn't a debut, it was sort of his. His making of match. His making. It? Yeah, 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 I think that's yeah, yeah. just I thought this was a decent match. Oh yeah, me too. I thought Chris Saban looked good. But it wasn't on the level of the Roderick Strong match, I didn't think. That's fair. Alright, fucking rude. <laughs> yeah. okay, maybe maybe it wasn't fair. <laughs> Go on, Sarah. Uh, no, I just thought what was so funny about this match was when the match started off and obviously Excalibur is giving the rundown on Saban for the like the crowd and well us us watchers at home about like how Saban's on TNA TV and they don't get that much time to really showcase themselves you know they only have like limitations of, of the many minutes that they can do and this match only ended up being like nine minutes so I'm like yes you gave this big rundown of like how Saban doesn't get to wrestle long matches and then he still didn't get to and this one either. Not complaining, but it was just thought I just thought it was very funny. I th- I think that was the main thing as well. Like it sort of felt like a TV match. It was pretty short for a show that didn't have that many matches on the cards. Like I feel like they could have gone longer. Yeah, me too. Like it was an enjoyable match, and I think a good introduction for Saban to the crowd, because I think what was nice about this one was they were saying. You know, Saban impresses here, and if he wins, he gets to be on All Star Weekend. So maybe it's a good thing that we didn't get to see like everything that he can do because we know that we're going to be seeing him again really, really soon. And it was it was another thing that was uh, similar with uh, Shelley last time is that because maybe it's the convention crowd, a few more people knew who he was, uh, so he got fairly good reaction. Yeah, crowd seemed receptive to them both. Which is good. Like I, I actually really like the Frank and Sons crowd. Like it's it's bigger and it's a bit more straight. Like they're not trying to, you know, get themselves over with their, their funny quips and shouting shit out. I thought I, I thought they in particular I thought this crowd was receptive to like not just Sabin in general, but all his big like his big like hope spots and everything like there was that there's one point where he did that little like twisty legged uh, roll up thing and they acted like this is the greatest pinning combination they'd ever seen and uh yeah they were just they, they were they were really up for this one and it was like a perfect reaction for like a, a debuting guy so chris saban wins his maiden voyage in pwg with the cradle shock i think he's the first one to actually beat reyes in these matches yes roddy lost didn't he yeah, he did. Yeah, and Stradlin did as well. So yeah, I think I think that's that's also obviously because he's going to All Star Weekend. But I think it's a a good indicator of what PWG think of him as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's... And I su- Go, there, sorry. 
And I was just going to say, I mean, like, when you think about it at this time, like, Saban was a pretty big star in TNA, like, multiple-time X Division champion. You know, he was one of the main leaders of the X Division. So, with the likes of, say, maybe Shelly coming in, you know, Shelly, you know, giving his grievances about TNA and he's going off doing his own thing, where Saban was on a completely different level. So, the, he, like, Saban had to be treated, I think, with a bit more respect's the wrong word, but a bit more like, oh, this guy's a star. Like, he can't really lose. That, that's certainly how it seemed, all right. Which is no bad thing. Like, it, it's good this PWG are sort of extending their roster and in a believable way with believable guys. You know, like, the, the undercard is a bit beefier now, not with your likes of, you know, Baby Slim and, and yeah. all those. Yeah, Saban definitely seemed like a level above. Not that, like, this is a really solid roster now at this stage in 2005, but I thought everything he did was so clean. He was really exciting. It moved at a fast pace. You know, I think we talked last last month about kind of, you know, Alex Shelley almost, at this stage, almost felt like a, a, like a prestige indie wrestler from a different era. Like, he was still doing the kind of hero punk style kind of... Uh, I'm a smart wrestler grabbing a hole type thing. Whereas you can tell Saban is like the X division guy at this, at this moment in time, because he's, he's going out there and he's really putting on a show, which I, which I really enjoyed. I don't know if it, um, if it was not very common uh, at this time, but Excalibur on commentary, he seemed so proud. And as if he had just come up with the phrase, hail Saban. Um, <laughs> he said it, he said it multiple times. And every time he did, it had that sound of, Hail Saban. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Sarah. Would you, would you know when he adopted that? Oh, no, it was definitely before then because it was in his music. In ah. you know. Was it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it started like, Hail Saban. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, well, there we go. There we go. From the, the expert herself, and we would be remiss if we didn't mention your appearance on Alan Forel's podcast, talking all things Chris Saban. Nearly three hours long <laughs> of Chris, Chris Saban talk. And that's on out. the torch, is it? It is. It is indeed. There Nothing you else to say. Nothing else to say on that. Just listen yeah. to it. So yeah, anyone else, Emma, say anything on the match? No, it was, it was a good little match. That was all, really. <laughs> I think that's fair, though. Yeah. Next up, we have Los Luchas, uh, Phoenix Star and Zocre, against Scorpio Sky and the Human Tornado, who may be there because Quicksilver and Sky have a falling out. We don't really know. Quicksilver, or Quicksilver, uh, Excalibur theorizes that, but we do not get confirmation. Good to see Tornado with his wing intact. Yeah. I was really worried for him. I've been thinking about this all month. There was a, a, a great sequence fairly early on where Zocre did the uh, the old headstand in the corner spot where you where you kind of uh, get whipped into the corner, but then you kind of stand on your head on the top turnbuckle to kind of throw your opponents off. And uh, 
Tornado just went up and gave him an eye poke, which I thought was a great, uh, a great counter. And then he did the, uh, um, certainly the first time I got a really big reaction on the shows that we've seen. He did his whole kicks in the corner, followed by the split slow blow thing, which I really, really liked. Him and Sky actually worked really well as a, as a tandem, which I was kind of surprised by. It's not a, it's not a team that I don't think was together for any sort of extensive period of time, but I thought they worked really well together. A lot of, a lot of fun uh, as a team. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought they were, they were a lot of fun. I thought. Like tornadoes just getting better and better, and like the crowd are going with him, like you said, more and more. He seemed in particularly popular with bald white men, <laughs> <laughs> like you could see him rising up the cards, like playing out in front of your eyes. Now, that's exactly it. He's getting a lot more comfortable, I think, in the ring. He's getting a bit smoother, and even just, you know, those spots in the corner, obviously the famous, like, pimp kicks and the, the split kick, you know, it's all coming, you know, you're getting to know Human Tornado a lot more, so you can kind of buy into him a bit more, and I just think the tag team name, Dark and Lovely, is just lovely. It's it's a, it's a nice kind of, yeah, I like these guys. I don't know. It's 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 better than Aerial Express, I think. <laughs> it's definitely a one of Tornado's uh, least controversial tag team names, anyway. <laughs> I thought it was a fun match. It was quite clunky in time, like at times. And I I love Zucker and Phoenix Star, and I thought the finish was excellent. But I just, yeah, it was a bit messy. I do wonder how much of it actually is a storyline thing or if Quicksilver just wasn't there and was meant to be. It definitely had an air of throwing it together all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh like early on in particular, like Zo I thought this match was really fun overall, but early on like Zocre and Human Tornado were like not quite on the same kind of uh, uh page. Uh you know, they got it together by the end. But yeah, a little bit a little bit thrown together feeling. Um so Las Luchas took this via risky business which is a lion salt and a, I guess, a 450 into the ring from the the third rope as well. It was pretty cool. So unfortunately, as, as we mentioned last, well, fortunately for him, but unfortunately for us, Tony Stradlin has been signed to New York. So he will not be facing Super Dragon in the main event for the title. Instead, the four-way match that was set up last month will now be for a title shot in the main event of the Ernest mm. P. Oral Memorial. Did we know at the last show that Stradlin got... We, we did ourselves. Yes. Yeah, no, we did. that he was getting a championship match. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh no, 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 no. This no. was our first, this was like confirmation because we, I think we've been talking about how much he deserves it and how he is the deserving one on the card when Super Dragon was just getting these kind of thrown in opponents. Yeah, I, I, I'm so going to assume. Yeah, I'm going to assume PWG announced it. Yeah. But yeah, obviously it never came to happen. But yeah, it would have been a nice send off, like, because um, I assume he wasn't winning anyway. So that, that would have been a nice final match, just capping off his time. The Fed don't care about that. Those bastards. <laughs> the four-way match is Kevin Steen versus El Generico versus Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. This was also originally meant to be an elimination match, but now it's one fall to a finish. I like that. It makes it more exciting. And I think yeah. it did make it more exciting. Yeah. It. The one thing I didn't like, though, is they went four-corner four corner survival. 
Yeah. Uh, with yeah, the Tigans, yeah. which I never really like. No. No, but I think it helped in crafting like a story for the match though as well because for like the the first half of the match the whole thing was Daniels wanted to wrestle AJ because obviously you know big feud they always squared off you know and Daniels even the last time he was here was like I'm gonna get that AJ Styles and everyone else like Generico and Steen mainly Steen obviously because he's a little rascal like preventing that from happening and I think that kind of did add something nice to the match because it kind of built you up as well for when they eventually would square off in the ring um no, it was, it was the other way around. Dan, Daniels, Daniels kept leaving the ring yeah. and tagging in Steiner Generico when AJ got in. No, but they did a little bit of as well to make sure that he wouldn't. But that was Daniels running away. Okay. <laughs> That's, I didn't pick that up from the match. That's awkward. <laughs> Either way, it made for a good story that they teased Daniels and AJ. It's it's a real it's a real like snapshot of two thousand and five because like the crowd bit on every tease and every uh, every tuck and run by uh, by by Daniels because obviously this was like this was the year they had their most famous matches um, uh, and it, it it really was the I suppose the top American feud sort of below the WWE level. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting little uh, uh, time capsule of a of a of a story through this match, and I, I like that they're that they're uh, acknowledging stuff beyond the PWG realm in their matches because obviously the the type of people who'd go to a PWG show would be would be clued into the stuff going on in other promotions anyway. Well, Daniels is getting a a baby slim or even Kazarian like flirting with being either a babyface or a heel every month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think that was because because again for this one it's like okay well we're doing this thing in TNA and we're you know we're, let let's keep that story going whereas he previously had been a a, a babyface um, yeah you know I suppose I suppose maybe maybe Dragon's backstage stroking his chin thinking about shades of grey you know? <laughs> oh, no. my least favorite argument whenever there's really bad booking uh, like that people say, oh, maybe no, the Red no. Dragon is Vince Russo. Oh, oh yes. No. <laughs> Although in an ultimate meta thing, he should be Grey Dragon. Oh yes, abs- Oh my god, he's got to do one more appearance before he before he retires forever, where he just shows up as Grey Dragon in PWG. <laughs> Goes through a whole match with Biff and then and then unmasks at the end, <laughs> and then strips everyone of their belts. PWG <laughs> reset. Oh, we're rebuilding the Legion Hall. We're going back. We need a show. I know, yeah. We're, we're giving away all these ideas for free. Like, No, fools, I don't want you know. this anymore. I don't want <laughs> this Sarah, you're all in. You're bought in. No. It's too late. We have your shares. Shife. Sarah's doing the... Sarah's going Bannatine on us. You, you, you changed the plan. You said Vince Russo's involved. I didn't want any of that. I'm out. <laughs> Very, very timely Dragon's Den reference, reference there oh in 2022. Very popular, still on the air television show, Dragon's Den. It is still on the air. Is it? Yeah. Is it the it same is. cast? Uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter Jones is still there, Barry. Wow, okay. So I, I yeah. guess it's more timely than I thought it was. I thought I that was. Dragon's I thought Den. the bubble popped on that a long time ago. Absolutely not. I still all watch the, all, it every all day. All the kids on TikTok are saying, I'm out. 
god. I'm going to start a Dragon's Den podcast, actually. I think that's a great idea. Oh, I wonder if one exists. Surely one exists. Surely. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Possibly There's... one with them on it where they talk about it. Yeah, or, or old contestants or something. Yeah, definitely. I'd love also, that. Great idea for a Super Dragon podcast we called Super Dragon's Den. <gasps> oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yes. We yeah. could mix the two. <laughs> yeah, we could actually rebrand this if we wanted to. Conrad welcome us into the den. Oh, no. <laughs> I think in America, it's, it's called something different, or is it? It's called like uh, Shark Tank. Tank. Yeah. Oh, Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. They, that's, so that's, that, that could be Shark Boy's podcast when he starts one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Shark Tank as much. It's too, yeah. it's like it's like Kitchen Nightmares, like Gordon Ramsay in the UK. You know, it's a lot more chill. And then when it gets yeah. to the US, it's like, oh, my God, you know, you have all this moldy rotten tomatoes in your fridge like are you sick like oh and then shark tank tense reality show music where just goes like between each scene it just goes and then there's like a rattle goes and you're like this is too intense oh it's the best this like kitchen nightmares i don't watch wrestling anymore it's just kitchen nightmares and dragon's den with a little takashi's castle thrown in nice Oh, I love to catch castle. That's that's what someone should do. That's what Gabe should do now that he's he's out of work or in the NFT sphere, whatever the hell. And he should do like a, you know, a Booker version of Kitchen Nightmares, where he goes to your failing indie. Oh my god! And he just books a lot of shoot matches, but just just like who 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 would be who would be on the show? He'd be the judge, obviously, but who would be the contestants? It's like. Uh, 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 Tony Khan, Brett Lauderdale. Um, uh, God, this is the worst television show of all time we've conceived here. Yes, um, to go to New Japan. H. <laughs> Gabriel, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's a great idea. It's like that. It'd be like that bar rescue show. That would be yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm just thinking of all Except the uh, not bar wrestling rescue. <laughs> oh, no. oh, dearie me, what are That's great though. I mean, but also terrible. But also, I'm just thinking of the show being edited like American Kitchen Nightmares, where Gabe is like, all the contestants are lined up, and then he goes up to Brett Lauderdale, um, and he says, you've made me very proud. Happy music raises. Proud of all the stuff I did back in my day that was better than this <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is, that's all fresh in my mind, because I did just watch that uh, Key and Peele Kitchen Nightmares skit. Yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, it's so good. That's so, so Peele good. Get it every time they're so good yeah and he's gone around with his book of booking secrets oh please that picture still haunts me it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal it's like why does he look like a teen heartthrob with her diary that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cory hotline <laughs> oh god let's check the wrestling results today <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair and Andrade <laughs> versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. What are some other words that rhyme with Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> what match are we talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, Steen, Generico, Daniels, and AJ, all Gabe favorites, all to be Gabe fair. Boys. Yeah. yeah, he loves yeah. them all. Um, I thought AJ was really good in this. 
he's just a class above, I think. Like, as much as I love the other competitors in the match, like, there was just something very special about AJ at this time. Like, and he just felt big. And he always delivered. And I think he really did here. AJ was great from the start, but, like, like in, in terms of his career. But, like, now, now it's when he's really put it together. And, like, he's he's this good for the next 15 years. I liked at the start when, just before it started, Steen was up on top of the turnbuckle and one of the guys from the crowds just shouts, your shirt sucks, which, you know, is a valid complaint, but it's such an iconic T-shirt now. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I remember as well Ring of Honor would, would like, because I guess it's his design, I don't know, would never yeah. release just that shirt. Yeah. But they'd release sort of plays on it, which would always annoy me because it was always real hard to get shirts off uh you know the actual wrestler back then but you could easily get them through ring of honor but he now his his one i think just released with the little logo bit underneath it and didn't say like kevin steen or mr wrestling on it yeah i had the i had the exact same thought as emma if he if he was released tomorrow fired up a pwd pwt's store and reprinted that shirt which i don't think he would because because He's had 10 million shirts since then. Like, he was the shirt guy before he got signed very much. Mm, uh, but, yeah. oh, man, if he put out that original design again, I mean, the four of us would be rocking him. I'm almost yeah. that. <laughs> I see the red and black one. That's that's mm. great. But the, I mean, but the fan is absolutely correct. We like it because it's like a Kevin Steen legacy thing, but it's the most generic-looking <laughs> red and black T-shirt you've ever seen on a wrestler. The one I want back, which I know he'll never get back, is Kill Steen Kill, because he yeah. took that off himself even before yeah. getting signed because he didn't agree with it and then it was fight Steen fight, which is fine, but it was no kill Steen. <laughs> no. He even changed, like that was his art on Twitter as well, wasn't yeah. it? He changed yeah. fight Steen fight. Yeah, because he's, he's done a fight Owens fight as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, he has. Well, he won. <laughs> he did, he did. In a, in a very weird finish, Daniels is on the outside. Uh, AJ goes and dives on him. Uh, Steen goes to follow up, but he uh, doesn't actually dive. He only teases it, and he pins an unconscious Generico in the ring. I don't know what happened to Generico. I was wondering, it's like, did I yeah. take a note and not pay attention to what happened to Generico because I was like... Because it, it was a version of the classic, you know, stealing the pin, the finish you see 10 million times in a, in a four-way. But it was like, yeah, Generico was sitting there for ages. They're all doing these dives. Oh, see, Owens. Uh, Steen fakes the dive and then pins him. And Generico is still dead enough that he can't kick out. I, I completely missed what, what and, took and him out. Generico is gone for a long time. Like, he's yeah. out of the ring for a long yeah. time. Um, So something must have actually happened. Like, I... Because he didn't get hit by anyone's finish. Like, I went back and checked that. Um, and he's just outside the ring for such a long time. And Steen does at one point stamp on him and then uh, physically stand on him. Uh, you see that in the background. But that's that's it. Like, there's no... There's nothing that seemed to take him out. Uh, definitely not for that period of time. So, I wonder, did he actually get knocked loopy or something? Anything else from anyone else? No. Nope. Nope. So with that, Kevin Steen will face Super Dragon in the main event for the PWG title. We have a bit more business to attend to before that, as Arrogance are in the ring. Was it the last show or two shows ago we talked about the never-ending 
Chris Bosch uh, ramble before his match. Well, it was back with a vengeance on this one for sure. Big time. I and like obviously the mics are terrible. I didn't understand half of this. Well, let me let me uh, 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 pull up the list of terms <laughs> oh, no. he used. Get, get the bleep ready no, on this. Um, no, 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 no funny enough, enough, I heard all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all the stuff about Frankie and stuff, I, I didn't hear. He obviously doesn't have the same conviction as he does with his racism. No, no. Um, although I did, I did appreciate the first thing he said. I don't know if this is just something they thought would be funny to mention, or if like Frankenson's management asked them to plug it. But RoboCop is coming March twenty sixth yeah. to Frankenson's. Um, so um, I think we probably missed that, but because um, uh, it was you know uh, twelve years ago, but um, or seventeen years ago, Jesus. Um, but I, I did, I did appreciate that that was mentioned. He didn't, he didn't mention that it's WCW Star RoboCop though. That's an easy, that's an easy, easy uh, tie-in there. But uh, I was no, wondering, so was it him actually? But clearly not. No, oh, it, was, it was fake. It was fake RoboCop. It was Lucha RoboCop. You know, <laughs> it was Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows. <laughs> well, I bring my wig. Nope, just the metal hat. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, then he then he did another uh, again extremely not tight five uh, walking around uh, picking out the various races uh, in the in the crowd and and highlighting his problems with them. I mean, the thing about this is as well is like it's the same joke every single month as well is the, is the other thing. The one the one thing I did appreciate was that before the camera panned to to this fan, he said, "Let's give it up for Ned Flanders." And then eventually, when the camera did pan, I was like, okay, that's pretty good because it looks exactly like him. There is also an extremely awkward interaction with a fan oh. who uh, Bosch questions his uh, mental capacity, shall we say. Yes. And they like he's really needling the fan who's also giving it back, and it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but then, and when the when when the fan starts giving him the finger, and so Bosch kind of thinks, "Oh well, we can we can do a little back and forth here." So he then tries to get the fan to do a back and forth with him, but the fan kind of takes a couple of minutes to spit out a "It's not worth me kicking your ass" line, and oh my god, it went on and on and on, and it was that particular interaction felt like time stood still while he was while he was trying to get it to work. I think that's the hardest I've cringed watching these yet until later in the show. Yes. Later in this exact same yeah. show, yeah. Like, I think the worst thing for me is, like, because back in the day, I loved Arrogance and Chris Bosch and stuff, but, like, well and truly, like, my rose-tinted glasses are fading and fading really quick because I'd just forgotten just how much of this there is and how awkward it is and it, it, like it actually was uncomfortable to watch yeah big time because you can kind of you might some some people might think to themselves oh well it was a different time that was that was over huge back then it really wasn't that's the weird it's just it really was it's, it's like it's like we pointed out a couple months ago it's like one or two guys go oh got him and then everyone else is just eh. thank god we had uh kaz to to save the day uh, with his baby face promo where he said Bosch's mom sleeps with all races. She's equal opportunities. So, so Kaz defended the other races, but made sure to take a shit on women. Never misses an opportunity. This is also another, I didn't know if, if where in the timeline this happened, but Bosch points out that Kazarian is going to WWE. Pre-leaving because he doesn't want to get his haircut. 
Yes, this is what I was gonna say. Yeah, this is the this is this is the beginning of the big the the fork in the road for for Kazarian. What does the timeline look like if he said yes? I'll share. I'll shave my hair, and he stays in WWE, and he he could be a seventeen time champion by now for all we know. Yeah, what would is like what would his timeline have been? He'd probably been gone in a couple of years anyway. Probably, probably, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he. he does, I mean. I'm kind of surprised he got signed. Because, not, not to be really horrible, but like, just doesn't strike me as a, a you know, mid 2000s Vince guy at all. He would have been called up to SmackDown like a year and a half after being in developmental, floating around in openers and in the cruiserweight division, and then quietly released. Yeah, I think that's fair. Maybe yeah. have made it to WWECW if he'd hung on that long, but like not doing anything of note. No, not a chance. Sorry, Frankie. <laughs> well, he made, he made the. I mean, respect him for saying I'm not fucking cutting my hair. I kind of, I've always found that admirable about him. Yeah, it, it is an extremely weird one, though, isn't it? Like, because his hair isn't that great. No, yeah, and of course, I remember everyone referenced it when, whenever he did the great, like the really great Daniels run in TNA, the, the whatever they were called, bad influence was it? Like he shaved oh, his yeah. hair for that. Uh, and so everyone's like, oh, see, he ended up doing it. Vince, vindicated again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like six years later. It was complete, it was complete like, yeah, it was too, yeah, but it's like... But maybe it was more about the principle of the thing. Yeah, oh, no, totally. That's yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, not to sound fucking cornet here, but it wasn't, you're going to have a feud and lose your hair. It was just yeah. proper maddingly get rid of those sideburns shit where he just told him like, to get rid of it. It was get a boob job. Yes, yeah. 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 He would have carried them well. <laughs> it it is one of the stupidest ones that they've like they we cannot find anything for you if you've hair. Like this is just unworkable for us. Like why did you sign him then? Anyway, anyway, that's that's two thousand five. So Frankie uh, finally reveals his partner <laughs> with an incredible line. I'd be lying if I said my partner wasn't Joey Riot. <laughs> <laughs> Was was Ryan's gear? First of all, the commentary describes him as a homeless vagabond. Um, yeah, he looked uh, atrocious. I was like, yeah, so was the gear supposed to be some kind of slight at Scott Loss, or I guess teasing uh, a reunion with Scott Loss? Because it was like, it was it was horrible. It, it it looked like it looked like pound shop Scott Loss gear. Um, and I know Excalibur always did this bit, but he was he was ridiculing uh, how it made Ryan uh, his physique look. Um, it was not flattering at all. Uh, it was a very odd choice, but I'm assuming it was supposed to be foreshadowing the uh, the post match. Did we talk about the Snake Duggan thing? No. Yeah. Like, what was that? It didn't. So, um, Bosch was saying that he found out Kazarian's real name, and it was Snake Duggan. And doesn't that sound like a Mexican name? It's like Duggan. That's fairly Irish. Yeah. <laughs> what is Mexican about that? Of all the names you could have picked, I don't. Also, so, so like, and also again, this is definitely something that just comes from them. Goofy, like his name is Frankie Casaria. That is his name, isn't it? No, I don't think so. No, but is it's it not, not Snake Duggan. But yeah, so, so where did sorry, where it's Snake not like from? Frankie it's Frank Bertelman. <laughs> <laughs> so where? I mean, so, that's much funnier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snake so like, Duggan. Snake Duggan sounds like someone from a fucking deleted scene in Hardy Books. Oh my god. I'm surprised uh, they didn't just be like, hey, girly man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Easy shot. 
That's all I have. Cool. But yeah, Joey Ryan with the ungelled hair and the beard as well, like he actually looked horrendous. Were they trying to say that he was homeless for this entire time? I guess because he, although he was saying in his promos that he was like at home, but implying that he was proper down and out, down on his luck or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't really get it. And plus, it's also hard to tell what's, what's the... There was also the commentary just likes taking a shit on him. So it was kind of like there was a degree of just of just milking the fact that they just thought he looked bad versus how much of it was intentional by him to kind of tell a story. But anyway. At the end of the match, Joey Ryan ends up with a chair, which he wants to use on Scott Lost and Chris Bosch for revenge. But Kaz stops him. After which Bosch takes the chair off him, hits Joey Ryan in the head and pins him to retain the tag titles. Then they do a... a <laughs> trying to pretend Joey Ryan is legitimately hurt thing where all the wrestlers, not all of them, but some of the wrestlers come from the back. Excalibur comes out and is tending to him. Fans are like heckling and, and like not taking it seriously at all. <laughs> Goes on forever. And then when Kaz comes to check on him, this is this is some real kind of just classic PWG nonsense booking where like Kaz comes to check on him, Ryan like takes him out, low blows him, and then starts cutting a pro a really rambly wordy promo about how the fans made him and Scott turn on each other by cheering Scott over Joey, which made him bitter, and so. He was never going to do anything for the fans again. But why he took out Kazarian for this, I don't understand. He reunited Bosch and, and, and Lost came back out and he hugged Lost. But I'm like, you just tried to brain him with a chair and you just got brained by a chair. So why are you now hugging? I, I, it was very, it was very kind of just. We're doing this swerve because that's the dramatic beat we want to do. And it doesn't really matter that the entire match then makes no sense based on that it was very it was very messy i thought yeah shite uh super dragon defends his belt in the main event against kevin steen who hops dragon straight away which commentary I was took a serious turn here we got our serious commentary but it also felt like it was more high quality the sound was better there was no kind of outside noise so it's almost like they did this commentary separate to the rest of the show like, I wonder, do they do the main event first? Because they, they did that once. Well, maybe. Because Excalibur was there for the second half, but he wasn't there for the first half of one show. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're definitely on it for this one, though. Yeah, I think I think it, it delivered kind of what you would expect of the, of the sort of slightly historic first meeting of Steen and Dragon in PWG. Not quite at the levels you might expect from... from from what they would go on to do later, but like a really fun, really solid brawl. Yeah, it was definitely like you could see the kind of, there was a running theme of Steen just kept getting distracted by the crowd and like commentary kept kind of honing in on this. They were like, oh, he's getting distracted. He's, And that was a really good way of, because you could see there was definitely chemistry between them. There's definitely a spark between them, but it was just showing that Steen <clears throat> wasn't quite ready for it. He's still the young boy in this mm. scenario. And I just, I thought that played out really well. Mm. Totally. I think it helped the story for Steen as well. The fact that he had to wrestle earlier in the night too. So they could also kind of go back to the fact that, you know, like 
Steen didn't really have like a lot of time to prepare for Super Dragon after you know that that four way earlier in the night. So it kind of could be something that like Steen can use to his advantage, being like, "Well, that wasn't fair." Do you know what I mean? That's why he had to try and get the jump on him because he had to try and do something to get the advantage. So then, like, if we when we do get another match with them down the line, you know, it's it's fuel to that fire too. Yeah, I liked um, like after he jumped him, uh, Dragon gets a bit of an upper hand. Uh, throws Steen out of the ring and he goes for a, a tope and Steen moves out of the way and Dragon just eats shit. Just goes straight into empty chairs and they're not, like, they are plastic stiff chairs. It just looks so nasty. He is a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, like that's why they I think they complement each other so well and you'll see that more and more over the, the many, many years and, 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 and sort of matches they'd have is that especially young Steen, I mean, just that kind of, this will look cool and it's going to hurt like fuck, but I'm definitely doing it uh, uh, mindset that they both seem to have and they, they both take turns taking their gnarly bumps and it's just um, uh, Yeah, it's something, it's something he still does now as well, like he always has that one showpiece bump that he'll do, even totally. in WWE Yeah, yeah it, like, you, so it, it's, 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 it's really great, and it's just kind of like because when you when you watch the debut match with Generico, I mean, Steen is obviously like a brawler, but he's also great at just having that high energy, high impact, fast paced like indie match that would kind of become the the standard. Um, and then it's kind of just here with like with, with Dragon that you get you get a little sampling of what would go on to probably be his real signature, which is the proper brawl, the throwing into the chairs, the 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 real brawling, the nonstop chatting shit with the fans. Uh, yeah, so you you're getting to see that kind of other side of Steen uh, that we hadn't quite seen just yet uh, in PWG. As is customary now in these matches, Steen hit Super Dragon with a curb stomp. Mm-hmm. But it was a very good one. It was a very good one. Yeah. And then he goes for a package pile driver, which Dragon kicks out of, which was like, I, I didn't think Steen won, but it still got me. Um, mm. It seemed like a lot for Dragon to kick out of, but he is the king of the 2.999s. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else have, have anything? So after Dragon kicks out, Steen is really feeling himself and uh, gets him up for a psycho driver. But Dragon reverses it, hits the package pile driver on Steen mm. and pins him with it, which I thought was a great little storyline wrinkle. Oh, good, yeah. And I think it really plays into what you said, Emma. It's like, you know, I have your number. You're not here yet. And I can beat you at your own fucking move too. Yeah. I liked it, and I'm always I'm always a big big mark for the hitting each other's finish. Yeah, I think I think that's growing up on Austin and Rock. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I thought a really fun main event, a really fun card. Maybe not no real high end matches, but um, everything flowed. There was no real crap matches either. A decent top to bottom card. Yeah, a nice breezy show. Nothing overstayed its welcome. You know, everything felt, you know, where it was in the card felt like it should have been there. Um, And like we kind of said, you know, the past few shows, just the the depth of the talent now at their disposal is, is of that higher quality. So like when you get into these shows now, like you're actually just looking forward to watching the whole thing. You're not being like, oh, no, this guy, and you know it's going to be a slog. So, no, fun show. Now, I will say it gives us a little less to talk about. But, <laughs> um, 
in terms of watching it, it it is much better. Totally. I mean, we're for our second for our second uh, Gabe reference of the show. Uh, watching that main event, I was thinking this is this is might be the one where we we uh, let the action speak for itself um, <laughs> because I was like, this is just two good wrestlers having a good match. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this is maybe on the on the lower end of the of the the run of shows we're on currently. But yeah, really solid. Um, with guys like Saban filling out the mid card now, you're really starting to see just that uptick in quality. Even when you're when you lack a real barnstormer, uh, a show like this is just super breezy to get through. What, what did you think, Emma? Um, yeah, pretty much the same. I'd say I'd give it like a seven out of ten, six and a half. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. So after the show, we have our post match promos kicking us off. Our Excalibur and Disco, who are extremely annoyed at Top Gun Talwar. They've buried their hatchet, but Top Gun has burned their bridge. Ronan then appears uh, to shake Excalibur and Disco's <laughs> hands to say, great match, guys, um, which is the type of honour that Excalibur wants to see around here in PWG. <laughs> what I love about Excalibur is that all he does, like in the ring, it's it's comedy and bits. On commentary, it's type fives. But his post-match promos are always so intense. Mid-Sound Coliseum, like, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The duality of man. I guess so, yeah. You can do it all. So then our next promo is Chris Saban giving note for note the first promo in PWG that everyone does. I, I literally have it written here. Saban does the usual. Who California, finally here. All right. Uh, insert wrestler name here. Finally in PWG. The, I think the, the main thing of this promo was Saban wearing his 311 shirt. Yeah. A staple for the machine guns. Um, I don't know yeah. what you guys are talking about. That was a great promo. Have me really <laughs> excited to see him again. Well, well it's good. You will see him Sarah. again, Sarah. <laughs> step one for Saban. You haven't Summer seen the last of Steve Carino or Chris Saban. <laughs> we do at least know he's on All-Star Weekend. We at least have that. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Oh, Steve Carino. <laughs> he started this. Worry. Yeah, it is always that, like, you're going to see why wrestler name is the and then the wrestler nickname they've made up for themselves <laughs> yeah always here's why everyone hails Saban <laughs> <laughs> look these boys like they're very young they're very young let them hang around PWG and let them hang around Top Gun Tower and then they'll know how to cut a promo you're goddamn right because next up it's Top Gun and Hook <laughs> oh yeah who, uh, she's had a, I don't know, there's something going around. They had a terrible case of the snuffles. <laughs> the snuffles. Or the sniffles, whatever. <laughs> snuffles. Oh, we're snuffing some coke. <laughs> Coming up next on CBBs, the snuffles. snuffles. <laughs> so, yes, they had. A nose problem. <laughs> uh, they couldn't seem to clear their sinuses anyway. 
Hook apparently has been gone because he had to testify for his doctor in a steroid trial. In front of Congress. <laughs> and can I just say, I did not expect Hook to sound like that. Yeah. No, this is the first time we've heard yeah. him, right? A he little nerd. <laughs> he should be given more screen time. I, I enjoyed this very much. Um, so funny. He wasn't too happy the Top Gun injected the belts into his arse, though. He was, well, he was disappointed he didn't tell him. Yeah, because he wanted to be the other belt. So the two of them would have been the champions. So they they say that SBS cost them the match because they won their previous match together. But now that they're with Disco and Excalibur, they lost, even though they turned on him during the match. But (laughs) who's counting? Technicality. Uh, Top Gun gets so incensed that he admits that he's on steroids and declares that they must go to Tijuana right now to get more. Hot feud incoming. I'm on steroids. I do cocaine. I fuck hookers. Let's go to Tijuana. (laughs) What a promo. Put that on a shirt. We might see the return of Chickenhead Trish. Oh my God. On her, on her excursion. <laughs> Down an <in> FMLL. <laughs> well, she's getting like third party fire and theft. Or... <laughs> After that, we get a terrible Joey Ryan promo where he's talking about the fans and how no more Mr. Nice Guy. They re- he redoes the post-match one, which was like five minutes long. With This this was the longest one of the... Well, actually, no, the final one was... I felt like the longest. Um, but yeah, it's like hammering home the story with 500 words if you didn't get it which to be fair i didn't yeah that was absolutely nonsensical and stupid and the less said the better speaking of less said the better Uh, yeah (laughs) yes our final (sighs) promo not even it was a shoot interview with scott bosch and scott bosch (laughs) scott bosch (laughs) chris bosch and scott lost uh, doing the fifth installment of the shoot interview series. Uh, don't know where the other four were, but if this one's anything to go by, I definitely do not want to see them. <laughs> they are interviewing, well, they say fellow indie wrestlers, but uh, this is the fan that Bosch got into earlier who may or may not have a learning difficulties. They said his name, which I'm assuming was his real name, uh, and they did basically... Three or four more minutes of riffing as they did at ringside, which is funny because it, it bombed hard ringside, but they thought we'll get him back and we'll do a little post-show thing with him. And it was uh, pretty bad. Pretty really bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think pretty bad is overrating it. Yeah. It was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. It, <laughs> yeah. it was horrible. My skin is crawling just talking about it again like so they're yeah they're, they're constantly goading the fan and stuff and bosh like at one stage says he's going to show him his dick and stuff and oh it's it's just so horrible and just uncomfortable it's very um it's very uh 14 year olds on the back of a school bus uh uh humor not only humor, but also the the dynamic of um, we think we're funny, and we've gotten we found someone um, we found someone who is an easy uh, uh, mark for a punchline, uh, you know, and and we're gonna we're gonna ridicule. Yeah, it was yeah, 
<laughs> I the thing is we can't even we can't even I don't I don't even really want to get into particulars of why this was so cringy because I feel like it would be even in poor taste to uh, 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 recite it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Do you have anything to say about that? No, because it was just so horrifying to watch. Like it, like like I said earlier, the them earlier in the show made me so uncomfortable. But this actually like turned my stomach. I hated it. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. that's I. Yep. Like, don't even want to think about it. Um, and <laughs> pretty shitty way to end our show. Yeah. Um, but that that was it. Yeah, just one of those things that PWG enjoyed to do at the time, unfortunately. Yeah. So we'll move on to our own fans to try and save this. <laughs> they are all they are all of towering intellect and, and stature. And high moral fibre. Yes, absolutely. That segues us on to Curious Gorilla. <laughs> so the first question is from Will. And he asks, what is the one woman's match you would have booked for PWG that could have realistically happened in any of the active years of the company? So so here's my thing with this question. Is that any women's match? Yeah. You know, like they had, they could have, <laughs> they just didn't. Um, so like realistically, I think, I think that gives us a lot of options. It does. You have free reign of any woman's independent wrestler from the past. Was it, 20 years. Like, I think the goal here is like I this is kind of what I got when I read Will's question is like if you as Zig said, you could have they could have done anything. It's like what would you have booked that maybe would have made those fans rally around women's wrestling more and maybe forced the promotion's hand? That's kinda of what I kind of took it as. Because um, I, I was kind of thinking, given the given like Candace's like strength in like the gimmick matches, like what about Candace against like Mickey Knuckles or something? And she just like fucks her up, and they have a proper wow. kind of this epic. That that that's um, a great show, actually. Because um, they always like because first whenever they would book these scant women's matches, it would always be with Candice, and whether the match succeeded or failed basically hinged entirely on whether or not the woman in question had chemistry with young, fairly new to the game Candice, and that's kind of why a lot of them didn't pan out through no fault of of the person themselves. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's, yeah. you want to, like, obviously Candace, having Candace is a safe bet. And I suppose if she was the gatekeeper of the women's d- division, it would be interesting. And I think Aja Kong and Candace LeRae <gasps> in maybe, we'll say two thousand. 14. Ooh. So, Colin, yeah. you know, she's still got it, but she's a bit older now. Yeah, I think I would like to see that. And then also, I think Awesome Kong would have been a good addition in PWG. Yeah, definitely. So, something with her could have been good. Not some, maybe not Candace, but someone else who would have. To have more time to think about. Oh, very good. I, I go for like two personalities. I think um, PWG crowds would have liked maybe in the sort of 2008 later type of uh, crowds. I'm going to say Portia Perez against Jetta. 
Oh, interesting. I think they both sort of get over on a comedy sort of vibe. And then also they're both very good wrestlers too. Mm. And interestingly enough, Porsche Perez has actually wrestled in PWG. Oh, so it is realistic. Yeah, that's not a stretch at all. There you go. She had one of the fabled go out and have a good match with Candice matches and did not Right, right. Good thing I didn't say Porsche and Candice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that happened. Because it's funny you say that, because I was also thinking of Porsche Perez, but bring in Nicole Matthews and have the Canadian ninjas. So I'd have mm-hmm. them there. But I was struggling to think of a tag partner for Candace. Yeah. Because um, I just don't know, like, mm, who would have been good? I don't know. Yeah, Indy Hartwell's but, only about five at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> like, like bring in, like, like Ruby Soho, like, obviously back then, Heidi Lovelace. I think that might have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she'd have gotten over pretty well with that crowd, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's my match. Nice. Cool. So we can move on to our next question from our good friend Snowboy, who asks, which wrestler in history would have the worst match with Super Dragon? Who would like to go first if you've thought about it? I have thought about this. I didn't need to think about it too long. My answer is Brian Myers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's that's hard to top. (laughs) <laughs> it really is it really is um, because like the problem with the super dragon thing is if it's someone shit and he beats the shit out of them that's that's still good yeah yes that's you know? the problem i'm going to say cliff compton oh, <laughs> oh wow <laughs> it's pretty good oh god um i'm trying to think who like who do i really actively dislike now but um, it doesn't have to be you don't have to dislike them i actually do have another one if that's allowed yeah. Go on, yes. Yeah, we mentioned him so much today is Luke Gallows. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. he wouldn't want to sell anything for him. He's also not very good. <laughs> it would just or be shit. Not uh, enough. Ric Flair. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I think that would be a great match. I actually think that would be no, great. No, because Flair's not going to let Dragon fucking elbow the fucking yes, shit out of him. Mm. Flair can't get him. He'll be concussed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, what about and he did uh, so that's good yeah. Sen- Sonata no Barry yes. Sonata's our friend tell him I said he's rubbish the next time you see him oh. well not it would be the most silent match that's ever happened <laughs> God, you're stick, sticking with Sonata yeah yes no, uh, yeah. Ric Flair's better pick I think okay. you're fucking right God, I'm trying to think. Like, there's so many options. Like, like he probably did wrestle Brian Cage before, but I just thoroughly just think it would be awful now with him, like present day Brian Cage, just so big and annoying. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think Brian Myers is the best pick. Though, yeah, he it is. Tried to have a good match, mm-hmm. which is even more painful. And he tried to take everything, but he, <laughs> he would just. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be dreadful. I wonder how, how his good buddy Matt Cardona would fare. I think he'd be all right. I think yeah. he did the, if he sort of did the Nick Gage death match thing, where you mm. know he, he just gets absolutely killed by Super Dragon, I, I think he'd be okay. Brian Myers would be throwing up, crying, being like, <laughs> "Wow, 
my own friend gets to have a better match than I did. <laughs> oh, and he releases, you know, dragon alternate fucking figure. <laughs> Christ. He would. He'd come out in like green and black and stuff, wouldn't he? He would. He would. And he'd make it such a big deal. Oh my God. That'd be great. <laughs> Nerds, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as if we wouldn't all be recording in dragon masks if we could. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Our next question. Now, I don't know how much use we're going to be here, but Nathan asks, best match in the current G1? Uh, who will win the blocks and who will be in the final? There's more to the question, but Nathan, you're getting too greedy by asking four. <laughs> so you're getting your first two. I mean, I haven't seen a single second of it, so I'm going to say any Toruyano match. I don't even know if he's in it. I assume he is. He is in it, yeah. I have also not <laughs> seen a Evans? second. Yeah. I, I have not seen a second of it. I couldn't name one person in it. Yeah. I could like, take a few guesses, but... You wouldn't be 100% sure. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I would often watch it, but I'd get a lot from the GIFs. I, haven't even, I can't even see a GIF, so... No. No. no, it's it's You'll crazy. Reported and blocked and DMCA'd off the face of the earth. Yes, yeah, yeah. so there's no interest for me anymore in it. So sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, I kind of I kind of told myself I'd get back in with the Super Juniors this year, and then I ended up not watching one second of that either. So I was, I was I, thinking the exact same thing when I saw this question. Like, I didn't watch any Utah match, even though, like, I was so high on him at the time. I was like, oh, geez, I'm going to watch all of these. Not a second. I'm also not going to be any use here because I also haven't watched <gasps> anything from the wow. G1 this year. That's how bad it's fallen, I think. You know, like, I, I will eventually. Like, don't get me wrong, but I don't... It's not the same as it was like four years ago where I'd actually actively get up early on a Saturday to watch it. Just yeah. not there. Um, so I think Naito's going to win just to throw a name out there, just to give you something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think Jay White's going to win, even though he's the champion. Okay. Um, um, let me look who's, up who's in it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. Someone... They would want to push who has a good win-loss record. I would say Roman Reigns <laughs> would make the most sense as a winner. That's why he's never on SmackDown. That's right, brother. He's he's wrestling... Uh, in, the, uh, in the Orient. He's, he's wrestling, oh, what's his face, Yujiro uh, on, on night 17. I'd fucking love that. <laughs> to a 20-minute draw. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, I'm going to say Shingo. Okay. Nice. Very, very I valid. I hope I win. <laughs> um, and who do you think is winning, Sarah? Oh, you said Naito, yeah. Naito. Yeah, why not? Let's let's give it to Naito to the end of the I season. I think they're all good Okada matches. Okada reigns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okada coming out in his tractor. Oh, wait, no, Jay White's the champion, sorry. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> okay. Well, I assume he is. He was at Forbidden Door, so I assume he still is. Yes. Yeah, no, he is. He is. He's still right. champion. Yes, just my final thoughts. An absolute disgrace that ELP gets to be in it and Hiromu's doing fucking nothing. So that's the end of that chapter. And I have a last question for you. It's a it's a writing question um, from, from James Flan. And he asks, 
now with Top Gun Maverick being so successful at the box office, you know, making its big return, the franchise, um, after many, many years, um, how would you book Top Gun Talwar's return to the ring? Much the same way, I think. <laughs> yeah, you need an adrenaline-filled, tense, intense, should I say, comeback. Yeah, definitely. And you need the Miles Teller to bring him in. I was just wondering, in. who's... So, yeah, who's... You need the hot kind of like hot but in an unconventional way oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agreed I agreed who's the the Top Gun prospect that like Tallware can have the weird relationship with un- mm-hmm. uneasy you know partnership or whatever well it would um, have to so I don't want to give spoilers for Top Gun but is there some that Top Gun Talwar has killed. <laughs> 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 Who has a son? <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a good chance of that. Um, yeah, due I mean, to Top Gun's negligence, someone died in the ring, and then they had oh a son. Now, to be fair, you're spoiling Top Gun one, like <laughs> yeah, from 1992. Forty years old. I think that's all right. Um, I mean, at the end of this show, okay. So at the end of this show, in his post-show promo, Top Gun said, "Let's let's go kill a hooker and snort coke out of her arse." Um, so the so here's a storyline for you know whoever wants it, GCW or whatever. That hooker's daughter, sex worker. Uh, that well, I'm using Top Gun's words. Doesn't make them right. <laughs> You're telling me these PWG wrestlers are not using the correct terminology? Oh, I have some I have some emails to send, excuse me. But uh their daughter or son is uh because in the oh now I'm just gonna start talking about Top Gun Maverick. They're trying to take down some nebulous, unidentified <laughs> evil force and have to now, work but, with Top but Gun. But you're also like melding this with Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what that's what that's what have you seen Maverick? No, no, no. Okay. Oh, well, then. It's very oh, good. It is it's Kill Bill good. in the Sky. It is okay, okay. Bill apologies, in the sky. apologies. <laughs> I only just watched the first Top Gun in preparation for it, and I, I, I love non-specific enemy nation. I love them. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're great. They're yeah. great. Yeah, I, I suppose there's not... I suppose we're not compelled by any modern US wrestlers, are we, to say this is, this is the Miles Teller who we'd pair with Top Gun. I'm no. trying to think of the unconventionally sexy wrestlers, and my I'm mind sorry. is drawing a blank. What about Steve someone like Mike Bailey? Oh, he's too old, though, isn't he? He's a baby face. Yeah, I was going to say someone like Jack Cartwheel. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that because he's like a California indie guy as well, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. He's that's on PWG guy. shows. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say his is his sort of. Is he a protege? I guess. Yeah, but then un, un, yeah. kind of unlikely and doesn't want to be, but right. troubled relationship. And who would be the Val Kilmer then? Would that be like Excalibur or Disco? <sighs> no, well, Val Kilmer can't talk anymore. So, but in the Drive. original movie, like yeah, it would be like Hook's sort of rival, Ice or Man. not Hook? So, sorry, Top Guns. Um. Hmm. I feel like yeah, it would Hook, have to be. It should just be Hook Bomberry and his protege Hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, that's that's the tag match. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. Again, another another match added to our card that we're going to do, which I think would do pretty well. Yeah, Hook and we're, Hook. We did go from Hook versus Hook to now two Hooks. 
We'll have to do fine. two shows. Two shows. I'm two sorry. shows. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do a no star weekend. <laughs> no star. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> so hooks versus Top Gun and Jack Cartwheel. Not bad. Not bad. The main the main thing I've taken from this question is you have to watch Maverick. I will, I will. I actually, one of my mates was saying that to me is last week as well. He was like, oh, you have to go to the cinema before it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's uh, a real I, I'm actively trying to review in the next episode. <laughs> That's it for all of our questions, guys, unless we have any last-minute ones between ourselves that you want to ask. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm all um, good. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for getting those questions in very last minute because we completely forgot to put out a call for them. We knew, we knew, we knew our, our our fan base. What were they called? We need to give them names. Um, the Islanders. The Islanders. Oh, that's pretty good. We're the Islanders. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, true, yeah. True. Uh, The mm, gorillas is a bit generic. Our our dragons. <laughs> mm, okay. oh. our, our dragons then. Let's think. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh god. We Just knew, a bad time listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, imagine we got DMCA'd by Valentine. <laughs> oh, my, my spot-on impression setting off some kind of content ID uh, yeah. recognition software. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Duncan, if you want to bankroll this Mania Weekend show, we can guarantee you a return on investment of, like, negative two grand. Yeah. We'll just have to book, like, one... DDT wrestler, so at least Snowboy will go. We'll get at least one ticket. <laughs> cool. So I think that's going to do it for us this time. So we will be back next time to talk about PWG's first All Star Weekend. Woohoo! But in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our Twitter is at Gorilla Island, and you can send questions at any time. You you don't have to wait till the, the episodes are coming out. Our email is gorillaisland at gmail.com. And if you want to send anything to us personally, DMs, dick pics, dog pics, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. But the dick pics can only go to me and Barry. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> uh, my handle is at Zig on the Rocks. Barry's is. At the Barry Lad. Emma's is. At O underscore Emma G. And Sarah's is. At Sarah Flan. And don't forget to catch Sarah on uh, Alan Farrell's show on Pro Wrestling Torch. So we will catch you next time for All-Star Weekend. Bye. 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 Bye.